Hi friends, <clears throat> I'm back to record episode four, and I know it's been a minute. Uh, I intimately know it's been a minute because that thought has not left my mind. And it's interesting, the journey that I've had to getting to this fourth episode, which also played into what I promised y'all in episode three that I would talk about. <clears throat> I'm going to do a little bit of a format change in the upcoming weeks by inviting friends that I've met and friends that I've had over the years to talk about some of the situations that they couldn't have imagined, but then they found themselves um, just so uniquely qualified to be in the situation that they were in through some of the triumphs and trials that they've had in their life. And a lot of times not understanding in the moment that we're having those difficulties, what the purpose could ever be for such a challenging situation. Um, I, for a little while now, I guess it's probably been over a month since I recorded a podcast, which was not my intention when I started, um, fell victim to my own insecurities and began to question what I was even doing. And um, it was about the time right before I went to the business conference uh, that Rachel puts on. Uh, and let me preface this by saying I have owned my own business for as an LLC since about 2000. And I always get this wrong. It's either 2014 or 15, whenever I got my originator's license officially. Um, and then I incorporated into an S corporation three years ago. Prior to that, my husband and his family owned a plumbing and heating business. So I've really been around, <clears throat> excuse me, entrepreneurship for a while. Uh, when I was working for my husband and his father, I decided I would go back to college because there was all this stuff that I didn't understand. I really needed some assistance in small business accounting and um, flow through cash flow, balance sheets, things like that. So I ended up going back to college. I did Colorado State University's global campus and ended up earning my, finishing up my bachelor's degree in business uh, entrepreneurship with a minor in, sorry, a bachelor's in business with a minor in entrepreneurship. <clears throat> Again, excuse me. Y'all, it's really cold. Like I'm filming this after the snowmageddon of Thanksgiving in Colorado. Anywho, um, and so I, uh, I have been around entrepreneurship for over a decade. And I really feel like it truly is what is the passion laid in my soul and in my heart. It's something that I just, uh, I get it. I just get it. My, my thought process, my soul, my mind. If you've ever been around me long enough, I tell people often, I feel like maybe I miss my calling as an analyst, something I'm leaning towards as a new um, offering in my business, um, which not this podcast. But anyway, um, I began to question my value in this podcast and what was I really doing? And I just feel like I want to share this because I know, I know I talk to so many of you. I see your posts on a number of the Rise Dallas community saying, I want to do this. I want to do this. And the me says, girl, do it. Jump on there and do that. And then I'm over here hiding in my own insecurity about doing this fourth episode and continue going. It's literally taken me six weeks. It's a process. I had a really good conversation with my mom this week that really brought a lot of things back in perspective. It was one of those moments where you 
begin to intimately understand something that you're teaching to somebody else. So I want to go back to talk about what I had promised y'all in episode three, which was the journey to um, the promise that I had made to myself. And for those of you that have listened to Rachel Hollis or are doing the last 90 days or doing a 14-day challenge or a 21-day challenge or um, we're approaching the new year. So if you're not doing the 90-day challenge, we're getting ready to make some promises to ourselves about what this new year is going to look like. So last year, um, I bumped into Rachel Hollis through social media, a bunch of, um, I just kept seeing it come up on Instagram everywhere. And I finally was like, I need to check this out. Like this keeps coming up. And so about the first week of October, I I got the book, I read the book and started just kind of jumping in. And that's just how I roll. I'm always a two feet in, uh, jump, jump right in one hundo. And uh, I was a little bit apprehensive because I was starting after October 1st, and so it wasn't going to quite be 90 days, and then I just thought, screw it. And one of the things in the book that really hit me is that I am often a person that breaks the small promises. So, and you all probably relate to this. My kid's saying, Mom, can we, can we go to round one? It's like Dave and Buster's main event, you know, games and whatever games, food, bowling, all in one, one, um, building. So you probably have something similar to that in your area. And I'll say something like, yeah, I'll look at it and see when we can find a good time to go. Or, Hey, uh, you know, remind me the next time we go to the store, we'll get that thing. And I don't really have an intention. Like I'm kind of hoping they don't remember because I don't really want to do that. Instead of saying like, Hey guys, that's a real special treat. It's actually um, pretty costly for us to go, and so it's not something that we would just do on a weekend. You know, uh, let's let's brainstorm a couple of times that we think might be a good time to go to do that, and make sure we don't have any other trips planned. Um, and and really teaching my kids and guiding like how to make decisions between wants and needs. And so, you know, I just. Uh, the, the part of the book about not breaking a promise to yourself really just kind of hit home. And I really thought this is a place that I could start and not have to be vulnerable and not have to tell anybody what I was doing. Like this was mine. This was mine to me. And it kind of felt a little sacred. And the other thing that she said in the book and that really hit home to me was, you know, um, and Dave talks about it a lot, is that sometimes you just have to do the things and not say a fucking word about it. And listen, if you know me in real life, I'm not really a not say the fucking words about it. Okay, so in this journey, I'm going to tell you that I did the things uh, and sometimes I didn't say anything about it, but sometimes I did and sometimes I did in resentment and sometimes I did in anger and sometimes I did in attempting to motivate and mostly I'm talking about my husband. And I'm really excited. I want to have him on one of our podcasts and talk to him about his journey and our journey over the last year because he was at Rise Business Conference with me. And I have had a lot of people ask me, how did you get your husband there? And you may or may not be surprised by the answer, but that's not today's episode. I'm going to make a note. Maybe that'll be episode five. Today's episode is really talking about the emotional mental process of what it meant to make that promise to myself, which was to go to the gym every single day. 
I'm going to preface this. I am not any expert in nutrition, medical advice, emotional advice, psychological advice, psychology, any of those. Got to have a certificate license to require. If you want to talk about mortgages, I am licensed in that. DM me, shoot me a message. I can talk to you all day about that with a license. But anyway, I I really, um, I have had a tremendous amount of stress the last few years. And I really feel that that is contributing to my inability to like maintain any sort of significant weight loss is the presence of stress and cortisol and, and you know, a little bit not really making the time to go and work out. And I was a three-sport athlete in high school. I love the feeling of being strong. Um, I played softball, tennis, and basketball, and then I also was a power lifter um, for two seasons in high school. Uh, so I, I did, like, heavy weightlifting. Um, so feeling strong is a very, a very comforting thing to me. Uh, not necessarily, I've let go of the image of what I think my body should look like more. I want to feel strong. I want my body to reflect an image of strength. So those were the core principles behind this promise that I was making to myself. I had identified what I really wanted out of it. It wasn't necessarily losing the weight. It wasn't necessarily um, fitting into a certain size, although those were um, very um, desired outcomes. It really wasn't the main outcome. And I touched a little bit on episode three about my mental process of actually even stepping foot in the gym. And I'm not joking when I say I literally was not going to step into the gym in the pair of shoes that I had. Um, I did feel like I had an insecurity that people would look at my shoes. Uh, I now at this point a year and a month later, don't really give a shit if anybody's looking at my shoes. I know that when I go and I'm in my mind rooting somebody on, I'm not looking at their shoes. (coughs) Oh my goodness, y'all. Sorry about that. There's this lady that sits on the stationary bike right outside the women's locker room more days than not. And she is a bigger woman. And the first handful of times that I walked by her, I thought to myself, you go girl, you get it. Like, and it, and listen, I go to the gym early. I usually leave my house between four and four 15 in the morning to go to the gym during this time. And I finally decided on whatever day that like, I was going to start high fiving this lady every time she was there. I didn't want her to think people were looking at her like, oh, she bit, you know, like all the things that you think, right? I don't want her to think that people were thinking all the things that she thought they were thinking in her head. And so I just decided I was going to start high-fiving her every morning that I saw her. So by the time I got my shoes, my gym bag, my travel-sized toiletries, my gym-suitable apparel that I felt comfortable in, uh, I finally started going. And um, I didn't go every day. I would go two days in a row and then not go. I was tired. I was sore. Uh, I didn't sleep well. Um, I had a, I had a lot to do in the morning before the kids got up. Um, so I wasn't hitting on all cylinders. And a little bit I had guilt because in the book, Rach says, don't break this promise to yourself. And I had broken this promise to myself and I was carrying some shame. And I was thinking like, Jesus, Jackie, you can't even keep a promise to yourself for a week. And so then that was where I started. I said, I can keep a promise to myself for a week. 
seven days. For seven days, I'm going to go to the gym every day. And then I did it. And then after I did that, I thought, okay, I'm going to go seven days and I am going to do 20 minutes of cardio on the stair stepper and I'm going to do ab workout. I'm going to do that for seven days. And I didn't do it. In part because as I started working on myself, things in my marriage started getting worse. And literally I told my husband one day, if we're going to fight every day for 30 minutes, then I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier and I'm going to come prepared for battle. And if I have to fight with you for 30 minutes every morning, then I am committed to doing that. That's the space we were in, y'all. A short time after that, um, I had caught my husband in a in a lie. It was in it. Okay, so there's no infidelity. There's no like like take the big things off the table. But I caught my husband in a lie, and I packed a bag for him and put one credit card in it and booked him a hotel stay for three days. Um, I felt like he needed some. And I needed, before I lost my ever-loving mind, some space to figure out what we were doing in this mess. And uh, shortly thereafter, I moved myself and my kids into um, an Airbnb for about a week and a half. And so then that compounded my issue of getting to the gym because now um, the kids were going to be by themselves in the morning I mean they were sleeping and the oldest one in the house is 15 so I mean like it's okay 15 11 9 and 7 but I still couldn't consistently be in a place where it was okay for me to take 45 minutes and an hour or an hour by the time I drove showered worked out whatever um, to get to the gym so this would have been November ish Uh, still not going every day of the week. And then after our Airbnb ran out, we moved into an extended stay hotel for about a month. And that was awesome because that had a gym. So I literally could walk from our room across the parking lot to a gym. And uh, so this would have been around Christmas time now that we're living in the extended stay the entire month of of December. Um, In January... I told my husband that um, he needed to get some counseling and that I was not going to do, you know, the once a week counseling for 45 minutes, um, you know, just enough time to dredge up all the junk and then them say, all right, we'll see you in two weeks with no real tangible tools on how to deal with all the stuff that just got dredged up in that session. I said it was not something I was going to do. And the history behind that is that in 2019, that was the 6th January in a row, that I basically had come to the ultimatum of my husband that we were either going to get marriage counseling or this was done. Um, After leaving the family business, we just, we really couldn't be on the same page. We never found ourselves on the same page. We had different um, motivations and, and it just, it was a battle always. And so in January, I said, you know, we need to go like we need to we need to have like an intensive, like let's do a a weekend intensive or a week long intensive. And we both were committed to it. And my only condition was that he needed to pick what it was. He needed to pick the where, the who, the the type. um, And I felt like that was important for him to have buy in. Um, 
it clearly had not worked for us before for me to pick the counselor, set up the appointment, and he just show up, showed up <clears throat> really uh, with not much intention on working on whatever it was that we were going to work on uh, in those sessions. So we did that in January. I'm going to do a different podcast about this because, okay, I can laugh about it now, but it was the most bizarre thing I've ever been to. Uh, I wish we had gone to something a little bit more reputable. Uh, now, a lot of time after, there are some nuggets that we can take from it, um, but it was a classic failure. Um, so in January, I'm still not you know, going all the time. I'm maybe going twice a week, maybe three times. I'm doing more on the weekends, um, Saturday, Sunday. I often find difficulty on Mondays getting in because it's the beginning of my work week. From the minute my eyes open, I'm thinking about work. So, um, February, uh, we moved back in together in February and so we're trying to navigate that new space and I'm starting to pick up some steam in keeping this promise to myself. At this point, I've kind of had to actually shut Rachel off because I can't hear anymore about this promise I've made to myself. I, I are breaking this promise I've made to myself and I just kind of I can't do that space. And about the time that her new book comes out, uh, Stop Apologizing, I can't do anything Rachel Hollis. I can't. I can't start today journal. I can't podcast. I can't anything. Um, I think from the place I sit now, I can talk about, um, I think being in that space was... Uh, kind of calling me out on some things and I wasn't in a place to really handle or process that. My marriage had been on the line for several months. We were living apart. Um, And so I just really wasn't in a place where I could even be confronted. I feel like I just, I needed to move at my own pace with this one promise. Oh, and I stopped drinking monster energy drinks. So now I don't have my go-to, like, pump me up, give me the energy to get through a day. So if any of you can relate to that, uh, that was that actually was the one thing that I hit um, pretty, pretty solid on from day one. Um, and my friend Lori will be like, no, you didn't, bitch. I saw you in Walmart with a monster in your cart. And I had to tell her, like, we're driving. We're on this big, long drive and I might need it. And then she called me out on it like a week later. I'm like, girl, I didn't even drink it. I think I just needed the comfort of like knowing that if I needed it, it was there, but I didn't drink it. Anyway, so um, I was feeling pretty bad about myself still um, carrying this, like not being committed. And then another loan officer in the Denver area that I... Um, had known through social media. We'd met a couple times. He just posted some real vulnerable stuff online about um, just work and life and family and balance. And then one day he posted a 75-day challenge. And it was 75 days, work out twice a day, take a picture of yourself every day. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm in. And that was March 23rd. And I don't really know what it was about that post or what it was, I, I really, honestly, like, maybe I should revisit that post and, and really dive into what might have triggered it. I think more than anything, it really spoke to the athlete in me, the competitor in me. And I think once I got the small successes of hitting seven days at a time, it just seemed very small 
and almost became meaningless to hit seven days at a time and I couldn't really process. And I talked about that in episode three, right? Like I can hit the goal and I can lose the weight, but then it's maintaining. And that is still something that I am working on. Like I can overcome the challenge. I can figure out the solution, but then to continue going, I, that's where I really struggle. Um, it's almost like in my mind I've defeated, I've accomplished, I've acquired, I've completed, and then my mind like wants to go on to the next thing. And I really need to find the space where these victories become my new habits. So I literally just, I literally just went, I went, I set my alarm clock. I knew before I went, before I went to bed the night before, I knew that I was getting up. I was going to the gym. I, I literally got myself into a really good routine. So I would set my, before I went to bed, I would pack my bag for the night, the night before for the next morning's workout. Um, I decided I was going to start doing a pre-workout. Um, so I got, I would get that stuff ready to go. Uh, I also realized after about a weekend that I was like starving by the time I got home at 630. So I started packing, um, either a protein shake or, um, I particularly like V8 and a cheese stick in the morning. And I do, I typically do really well on low carb, um, diets. Oh, my dog's going to bark because she just saw a bunny. So if she freaks out, I'm going to pause. Okay, well, I decided not to put you all through that torture, and I let her out. So, um, and I just went. And I want to sit here and say to you, like, it was a light bulb moment. It was a light switch, and I just decided. But you all just sat with me for almost 20 minutes talking about the journey that it came to, that I came through, to have that light bulb moment. And I was even talking to my mom this week about some challenges that she's having right now. And her saying to me, I just need to figure out why I'm doing this. I need to figure out why I'm doing this. And I remember sitting in a Jillian Michaels, I guess it's not really a conference. I don't, I, what do you call those? It was just a speaking engagement with Jillian Michaels. It was kind of on the decline of The Biggest Loser being a big deal. But I just love Jillian Michaels. I love a lot of the things that she stands for. I love her work ethic. So we went to this Jillian Michaels thing and she was talking about the psychology of trauma. And she was talking about how some people feel like they need to know. They need to know the answers about why the things happen before they can begin the work. And she's explaining how she's had to have conversations with people that you may never know the answers why. You may never get to know why something happened. It could be that the person that is related to that trauma is no longer living or you don't speak to them. It could be that the trauma is so embedded in such a young, you know, childlike mind that you don't really have access to it. And her point being was that, and sometimes when people actually do the work, losing the weight, doing the physical activity. Sometimes during that process, they find the why. And she said, and sometimes people never find out the why, but you still have to do the work. And so I was telling my mom, who's, um, see, I'm 41, so she's got to be like 63, 62, 63. 
And I was telling her, you know, mom, you've been doing it this way your whole life. And it's regarding work. And I'm not going to share too much because I didn't tell her I was going to talk about her on my podcast. Um, but I was telling her, you've been doing this your whole life. And you might not figure out why. But maybe the more important thing is making the decision that you're going to do it different. And then mom, understand, like I talk about it in my podcast, that it's a process and it's going to take time. And just because you decide you're going to do it differently doesn't mean that you're going to come out of the gate and do it differently. But you can decide right out of the gate. You can decide that you're going to do it differently. And the thing that I will tell you the most that has had the most impact on the last year and a half of my life is learning, seeking, watching, doing things that create gratitude. And I will tell you, I'm not, that's not, that's not really my mind space. Uh, I've had a very challenging life and I do not inherently fall to a place of gratitude. And it has been a year-long journey of mindfulness towards gratitude. I think the Start Today Journal is a great concept. Uh, I am, it's not, I struggle with it because I I don't really, um, it's very hard for me to sit still. So for me, in my mind, to justify sitting down and even taking 10 minutes to write down certain things is just, it's very challenging. And so I took my Start Today Journal with me to the gym and before I left the dressing room space, I would um, do my Start Today Journal. And it was challenging. And there were days that I talked myself out of it. But even if you didn't do the whole journal, um, even getting one of those really tiny little spiral notebooks or even a note, and I've learned to use notes in my phone a lot better, and doing five things you're grateful for and five things have to be within the last 24 hours and it can't be like, I'm grateful for my home and I'm grateful for my job. Um, but literally thinking of, you know, five things in the last 24 hours, I see how it creates the awareness, even subconsciously, for me to start taking mental notes of when I feel grateful for things. And I'm talking to you about this this morning after having an argument with my husband and him leaving with it completely unresolved, um, in part because he's still learning about himself and is very challenged with how he wants to show up versus how he shows up. And I'm like saying this and talking to you all and in the back of my my mind, I'm, I mean, you hear me tripping over my words because like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, Jackie, you really need to find something grateful about your husband and then approach this differently. And... <clears throat> Only through this journey, the last year and a half, have I been able to, you know, even begin to mend this relationship with my mom and be able to be in a space with my husband after being separated for three and a half, three, right around three months last year during the holiday season. Um... And almost today, finding myself back in a place where I'm starting all over with my promise to myself about working out every day. So 
the short of the long story is that in March 23rd, I worked out every day. We did a lot of traveling over the summer. Um, I had a big friend reunion that was 10-year reunion in Philadelphia. I booked all the hotels that we stayed in to make sure that they had some sort of workout. Um, I think we even forewent, foregone, staying in Airbnbs because I wanted to make sure that I would be able to work out. Um, started having some, some pains, um, wasn't really sure how to deal with them. Uh, did a lot of stretching in the area, which happened to be stretching that was good for the pains I was having. Um, and went to Rise Dallas in July where there was a lot of jumping, 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 jumping. I only worked out once in the hotel because Rach made sure we got more than 30 minutes of movement in her conference. And then we went to the dance party where I wore heels and literally could not bear weight uh, on my foot the next day. And so when I got back home, I went to the urgent care after about a day and a half. Um, My husband was starting to Google things and he called, no, sorry, my husband Googled things because I didn't want to go to the doctor because I'm that kind of person. Um, then he uh, messaged a good family friend who is a phys- like a physical therapist, sports medicine physical therapist. He came over and he's like, I think your foot's broken. You need to go to the urgent care. And all I'd been saying for two months is I'm so afraid they're going to put me in a boot. I'm so afraid they're going to put me in a boot. So I go to the urgent care and they take x-rays and they were like, we don't really see anything broken, but that's kind of typical. We'd want to do another x-ray in about four or five days on fractures like this. We would see the bone healing before we sometimes see some of these type of stress fractures. And they put me in a boot. And I literally cried because I thought, how am I going to work out? And the next day I got up with my crutches and my boot and I went to the gym And for those of you at Rise Dallas, I thought, I just learned how to work out in a two-by-two space. If you are in that coliseum, you know what I'm talking about. So I got on the stationary bike and I did my hand workouts. I did my hand workouts riding the bike. And some people were looking at me smiling and some people were just looking at me. And I was watching something on HGTV and I was listening to books and I was reading Trent Shelton's book. And I was in that boot for seven weeks. During that time, um, we relocated our family to New Mexico because also during that time, my son was diagnosed as dyslexic. Um, We were in a really big battle with the school district. They were not supporting our child. Um, I found him a dyslexia dyslexia immersion therapy and um, decided that I was really anxious, really ridden with anxiety about not understanding how to communicate with the school what his needs were because this was something that we just learned about. So I moved our family to New Mexico. I went and saw a podiatry specialist in New Mexico and he was so funny. I made my daughter go with me and he like looked at me and he's like, your foot's not broken. And I was like, but are you sure? Like, are you, because they said and they did an x-ray and like, are you sure? And he like flicked my foot and he was saying, I see this every day. If your foot was broken, even seven weeks later, you would have laid back in that bed after I flipped your foot in pain. It's not broken. You have acute plantar fasciitis. He said, you're shit out of luck if you want a one-shot wonder. Good thing is, is we would have put you in a boot anyway. And then he told me to stay in the boot one more week. 
and then put my shoes on and basically like get my life together, put my shoes on and get back to it. And so I went home that day and I watched some YouTube videos on plantar fasciitis. I found this guy who had this taping method. I literally taped my foot like that for a week and my foot is fine. And I feel a little ridiculous because I posted all over Facebook that I broke my foot at rise and da da da. Long story short is don't work yourself into an injury. You know, listen to your body. Um, I, I mean, that is how committed I was to keeping this promise to myself is that I put my body in, in harm. And <clears throat> I've really struggled since moving to Albuquerque with finding a schedule. And um, it's really kind of weighed on my self-conscious. And I think that just spiraled down into this whole mind dumpster fire of thoughts of why I never did this episode four a month and a half ago. So good news is um, I'm over it. I've worked through it. I've got a plan. Um, I'm back and I have an episode podcast schedule for the next five episodes. So good news is is I'll be around for at least five more weeks. Um, And I love this space. I think the thing that got me back into it is that I was developing a business idea. For those of you at Rise Business, we had our initial session with Adam, you know, get your shit together and go to counseling, Adam. We had our first uh, session with Adam and it was tremendous and it was inspiring. And when we got off the, when my husband got off the call with it and we were talking and my husband just said, like, I'm watching your trajectory from you know, the last 10 years in your business and there's just, you're so uniquely qualified. And I was looked at him and I said, oh, you mean like the name of my podcast? And in that moment, I thought if I only have one loyal and serious subscriber to this podcast, then that's what I'm meant to be doing. Um, so that was kind of the catalyst of saying, just get over it. In fact, I've actually tried to record this episode about four times and for various reasons, convinced myself to stop. So I'm really happy to be back. For those of you that are listening, I also am going to be doing some podcast interviews in the upcoming episodes after episode 10. Um, Just kind of talking with people, like I said before, about maybe some challenges in their previous life that now make them so qualified in some of the things that they're facing in their life today. I wish you a very blessed day. It's the day after Thanksgiving, so we're still hanging on to the feelings of gratitude and family. And if you're not, DM me. Um, I would love to have a chat with you and just um, bring you into a different mind space if you didn't have a great and blessed uh, holiday Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful day, y'all. See you in episode six.